brace yourself because you're about to dive into another free first hour episode of the Higher Side Chats. And we just want to let you know that whether you're looking for a companion through your paranoid insomnia, entertaining yourself through one of life's mundane activities, or trying to ward off the internal screams of all those sad, smothered souls around the office, THC is here. And you should know that every episode of the Higher Side Chats has an entire second hour for Plus members. Sign up at thehiresidechatsplus.com and you'll get years of Plus show archives, lifetime forum access, a special invite to Greg Carlwood's monthly joint sessions, MP3s of THC music, bonus episodes, tour videos, and 10% off t-shirts, grinders, and whatever else ends up in the Higher Side store. It's $8 a month that you won't miss. So become a Plus member and treat yourself in these troubled times. Always action-packed and commercial-free, which means you'll unfortunately never hear my voice again. In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Serenity now, dear people. How are we doing out there from sunny San Diego? I'm Greg Carlwood, and I don't have to tell you that 2020 is shaping up to be the most chaotic year I can remember in quite some time. Viruses, quarantines, economic panic, and more ground gained from the technocracy and the big game of control. As if Amazon wasn't killing retail fast enough, it's certainly making a major move now. And it's that last bit that has had many of us concerned long before 2020, as we've seen tech companies interwoven with military intelligence, social media censorship increasing in a big way, fact-checking pop-ups on uncomfortable information, privileged titans of tech getting sweetheart contracts, and the rollout of more EMF radiation with the infamous 5G upgrade, despite many educated and concerned experts speaking out about the real risks to biological health, the surveillance aspects, and the tight concentration of towers coming to a town near you. But take a deep breath, people, because the man with the plan, the great Ross Ben, is back to calm our fears and introduce us to the members of Mineral Nation that we need most right now. If you don't remember, Ben has been here twice before, initially to break down the elite's overall agenda of manipulating and controlling historic and prophetic timelines, the Mandela Effect, and its relation to the Philadelphia Experiment, a body of work detailed in his book Great Mystery Philadelphia. He then returned to talk about his work on the Mound Builders, the importance of their sacred sites, and the energetic capture of these places that the Empire has instituted. And that is all laid out in his book and presentation, Free Your Mound and Your Mind Will Follow. And that's not all, folks. Ross Ben is also the author of a deep and informative book called Rocks of Ages, which breaks down many lesser-known details of indigenous history, as well as the importance and varied uses of the sacred stones and crystals of Mineral Nation. Well, he's recently released a more targeted follow-up book called 5G Wellness, Thriving in a 5G Environment with Crystals and Sacred Stones, that focuses his expertise in crystals on the 5G problem and the crowded modern-day EMF environment. Today, we're talking about that as well as his astrological forecast for 2020 presentation, which is already shaping up to be pretty accurate. 
So let's get into it. The Seer of Cycles and the Rastafarian Refuge for Radiation Mitigation. Ross Ben, my man, welcome back to the higher side. Ah, uh, give thanks, give thanks. <laughs> yes. TAC community, one love, one heart. Indeed, man, indeed. And it's always a pleasure to have you here. I got to say, the timing is interesting. We set this up over a month ago, and we probably didn't expect society to be in the state we're seeing right now. Quarantines, virus panic, a fear porn news cycle, and surely a big ball of economic hardship coming our way. But you are probably the calming presence a lot of us are seeking right now. So we have ourselves a happy accident, it seems. Give thanks. Yeah. I have some things to share, you know, and you're right. I feel like if what's informing you is not helping you have productive emotions about your reality, then, you know, it's junk formation, you know, it's like fast food, you know, it might give you a sensation right in that moment, but it's not going to sustain you long term. So. I do hope to share some visions that help us have some productive feelings about this reality, you know, that we're facing. Mm-hmm. I like it. And of course, we planned for this to largely be about 5G mitigation, but I assume at this point we're going to flip that script and talk about your 2020 astrological forecast a bit because you released it in November, and having watched it just the other day, I see so much intuition there. It's crazy. And it, you said that you expect the global resource reset to possibly be triggered, adding that all of this could kick off in January. And you even said that you would liquidate savings right now to have some optionality out there. And also that it's important to not get spun out by whatever comes in January all pretty spot on. And I think now, as we're getting towards the end of March, it's a lot easier to see what you were talking about there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the blessing of astrology. It's like, talk about that art of war, right? Whenever you're engaging, you always want to get the high ground, add dimensionality to your vision. So, you know, once you add like a higher dimension and you can then see the relationship of not only what you're facing, but the terrain around you, your assets, you know, that are just right there within your scope. That's what astrology affords you, you know, and 2020, we did say was going to be an intense year. We named this year the year of great conjunctions. Because you got so many planetary alignments happening in Capricorn. Three key players, Pluto, Jupiter, and Saturn. And I'm not going to get all into the details of it, but just to say that, yeah, the first conjunction occurred, I think it was January 12th, and that was Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn. And yeah, we said that was probably going to trigger what we would call a global resource reset. And I think when we term what we're looking at that way, it makes a lot more sense mm. 
because for a virus to also trigger oil price war between Saudi Arabia and Russia, who's not even traditionally a OPEC nation, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And just other things that are going on like that. Amazon hiring 100,000 people. Yes. But yet so many other companies looking and, and industries really looking like they might be on the brink of collapse, you know? Mm -hmm. It's more than just a humanity fighting an illness, you know? It definitely is a global resource reset, you know? The economics of the world are going to be very different after this, what, two-week, two-month period they got everyone on lockdown, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we can look at this as being, a global resource reset. And why we shouldn't get spun out on it is because the next big alignment comes in April, and it's going to be Jupiter and Pluto. So traditionally, they say Saturn brings hardships and challenges. Pluto is an extreme planet. So, right, we're seeing an extreme hardship, an extreme challenge. Jupiter, they say, traditionally brings blessings, you know, and opportunities. I don't know. I have a feeling something, just as this was kind of effed up, you know, <laughs> something really blessed is going to happen in April that, mm -hmm. you know, we can't really foresee right now. You know, just like we really couldn't foresee this thing. I think something really fortunate is going to open up. Well, I definitely like the optimism. And we do have to pay attention to the economic reset. There's going to be winners and losers, you know? Definitely, if your thing is online right now, you may be a potential winner because of the whole, you see, like, I would say this social distancing may be kind of like social engineering, you know, getting people conditioned for a non-physical, more virtual reality, you mm -hmm. know, where you're kind of just dealing with people online. So if your business is internet focused, online focused, April might bring a lot of opportunities and fortune for you, you know? But if you're in the service industry, face-to-face, hands-on, one-on-one interaction, yeah, you might take an L, you know? So, yeah, we got to pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. We also want to mention that and I want to bring this up because my feeling is this is what everyone is kind of feeling inside, you know, where the end of 2019, there was a lot of optimism. People had a lot of personal momentum. It seemed like synchronicities and alignment with Good relationships and opportunities were opening up portals and opportunities, you know. 2020, as a year and as a concept that beyond being a 
mystical number. You know, we associate 2020 with clear perspective, clear perception, perfect vision. Subconsciously, 2020 was going to activate more clarity of vision for people. You know, they were going to be able to see through the BS within and without, you know. And that was creating a personal momentum that people were bringing into the year. That if people allow it, this thing can bring to a crashing halt. Right. Well, that would be one of my questions for you is, this seems curiously timed. We've talked in the past about how the elite are aware of cycles and energies, and they work to maintain those things. If one would think that there was a potency to momentum and energy coming into 2012, I don't know what you think about this virus situation being random and organic versus engineered, but the timing is interesting that you would want to disrupt that momentum for people if you saw a window to do so. Now, it's interesting. I don't know if this was a Freudian slip, but you know you said going into the year 2012, (laughs) right? But no, in the Ethiopian calendar, this is the year 2012. Right. You know? And the Gregorian calendar is 2020, but the Julian slash Ethiopian calendar, which many people kind of consider more anciently anchored than the Gregorian calendar. This is the year 2012. And it is interesting that it's in this year we're seeing things that were kind of anticipated in 2012 because of the Omec Mayan calendar, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, you know? But yeah, I would not be surprised if there was some intentionality with the timing of it, knowing like, hey, there may be some grander awakening happening within people. I just bring that up to say that I think that's one of the greatest challenges we all are facing on a personal level is how do we keep our personal momentum going? How do we keep productive emotions so that we can manifest in spite of all of this, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I encourage everyone to spend quiet time doing. How can you, you know, You can't control what's going on outside there, but you can control your reaction to it and your personal momentum. Exactly. Exactly. There's a thin line between being wise and cautious and fearful, of course. You know, I don't want to downplay any possibilities with this thing. But I will say the fear-based reaction that I'm like, I know I see him family and friends. It's definitely not helping. And it makes ones that want to like, yo, let's take a deep breath and just think this thing through. It then makes you look like you're not putting the sufficient concern in it. You know, I think that's what Trump got hit with, to be honest with you. <laughs> 
you know? He was like, yo, calm down. And they was like, yeah, you're not putting enough concern in this. Right. Now they're in overdrive. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It is. It is. And I've talked to some astrologers in the past about this particular year and some of the cycles. And, you know, the term apocalypse is used, but in the sense that it is a great revealing of all the games that have been played. Words like yeah. accountability and uh, exposed were used talking about the empire's tricks that have been going on for so long. The tricks are not new. It's just the realization of them makes them feel new to the individual who is awakening. And as you said in that forecast, 2020 is not a good year for people in positions that require blind faith, as you put it. And we are seeing the empire cash in on a lot of blind faith right now with this panic. But when the system makes big plays, it is an opportunity to potentially see their agendas. And it's definitely a wake-up call for people when it comes to reliance on the system, individual responsibility, taking care of you and yours and not outsourcing all your power to the machine. I mean, how could this not be a wake-up call? You're right. You're right. And I will say too, something else I speak on in the forecast with Neptune and Pisces, right? When Neptune is in Pisces, if we are maximizing that transit, we're seeking out our harbor place. We're seeking out a sanctuary. We're seeking out safe harbor for yourself, family, and community. We should all be doing that to some extent. This might give us put a little fire <laughs> under, you know, pick up the pace a little. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have some work effort or even a vision towards creating a harbor safe place for you and your family, this could be a very desperate time for you, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So part of creating and maintaining productive emotions is doing the work necessary to put you on your, what they would call your redemptive timeline, you know? Timeline where, yeah, you thankful to be on. It ain't going to just happen. You do got to work toward it, you know? And that's one of the things to work toward. So when you talk about the off-grid living, the self-sustaining food source, living off the canopy, having ever-renewable, easy energy access, you know, clean water, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we should all be working towards that. So true. The reality is it's going to come through right relationships. That's the way it's going to come building right relationships, building community, and all with the same intention. So that's another thing that's going on astrologically, Neptune and Pisces, about a 15-year cycle. And to the degree that you're working with that, 
proactively, that is going to be a big determinant of how you can feel right now and have productive emotions. Mm -hmm. And in fact, just to add on to what you're saying, back in that forecast in November, you did talk about this Jupiter conjunction with Pluto in our seventh house that would happen in April. And we're coming up on April. It's right around the corner. And you said the seventh house is about relationships and quote, we will see a major opportunity to learn how important we are to one another. And that just rings so true right now. I get this visual of the animals in a Bambi movie coming out after a storm, you know, shaking off all their nerves, like coming emerging back out into the, the light. <laughs> and uh, really, that's when we probably should, after a, a trauma of some sorts, whether psychological or medical, really focus on those relationships. We don't tend to do it unless there's a tragedy like New York City after 9-11. Right. So maybe right in this time window, I mean, who knows how long this is going to go, but astrologically, it looks like in the next month, we will have to start taking care of each other, looking out for each other. We're seeing that a little bit when we have all the hoarding and stuff going on. People are saying, hey, hold on, don't take more than you need because we are in this together. And maybe that tone will win out. Yes. At least for April. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're right. But no, because this is going to be a very turbulent year, man. By November, when you have all three, Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto, all at their closest point of one another. Yeah, man, I do think we're going to see some mind-blowing wild type stuff you know mm -hmm. and it's just going to be very hard to call other to say it's going to be mind-blowing you know yes that's kind of what you say in there you basically say with jupiter saturn and pluto coming together it kind of means that jupiter and saturn being the rulers of space and time they're going to come together with pluto which represents the ultimate inevitable yeah which Man, that sounds pretty epic. Uh, it almost sounds kind of like, a, I don't want to say a negative thing, but a lot of people would hear ultimate inevitable, and it sounds like the downfall in a sense, but it doesn't have to be. But I guess, how do you interpret this seriously epic celestial event coming at the end of this year, the end of a, a massive cycle and probably something pretty potent, even compared to the times we're already experiencing? Well, what I would say is, you know how, like they would say, you got to think with the end in mind. Mm. I think we got to feel with the end in mind. You know, and that's just tied in with this personal momentum I was talking about. Like how you want to feel in December of 2020. You want to feel thankful, man. Yeah. You want to feel like you burned two spliffs drink some vitalizing Moringa tea and you've done your exercise, meditated, you got your clarity of vision and you having the synchronistic experiences to affirm your in the proper space and time and the gratitude and the joy that you feel in that state. We got to feel that. That's what 
manifesting is all about. We got to feel with the end in mind. And that's why we got to keep our personal momentum going. I feel a lot of us had that feeling going into 2020 before the corona, right? And like I say, I feel like right now that's our greatest challenge personally is to regain, if you lost it, regain that momentum, regain that feeling. That's what's going to take you to the end that you want, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's my feeling that we got to work the magi, work the spirit. You know, we've been given all of these tools, teachings about how to manifest, create our reality through what we speak, what we feel, what we think, and what we do, and aligning our intention personally with, you know, will of creation, which is ultimately to serve and do greater good, you know, it ain't that deep. And yeah, you'll manifest, you'll create the reality you want. We've been given those teachings from a lot of different teachers, a lot of different schools, you know, and it's time to, A, put in the work. I would also say, too, right, how you say it's the ultimate end. Another way to have productive emotions around when you hear things like that is can't fear death, you know? So if that means you got to do some bufo, <laughs> kind of experience those near-death experiences where you really know what it is that, man, death is the absence of pain. That state is ecstatic and electrifying, like, wow, you know? Mm -hmm. You can deal with these things with less fear. Because you know what you're going to face, ultimately, you know? It's nothing to fear. And I've noticed that people have been magnetized to those. Even Mike, Mike Tyson, to see Mike Tyson's journey with the Bufo. It's amazing to see how it's transformed someone who was, like, trained to be a vicious destroyer. How it's awaken his humanity and cause him to like surrender his ego and not fear death or be on a fear frequency at all. <laughs> the power of DMT. Yeah. I mean, if when you say like uh, facing the extreme ultimates shake you real like, uh, you might need a bufo journey, you know? I've also heard it expressed in terms of the empire itself and Saturn being such a big component of all this that we've been under an oppressive empire that slowly tightens its screws and forces us to be more dependent on it for a long time, for centuries. And maybe this ultimate inevitable quality is speaking to the end of that. Now, people do like their comforts and people do like their kind of economic enslavement to the system. And if that system were to die, it's not the end of the world, but it is going to impact people based on their degree of dependence on it. And it's just the question of sometimes 
do you really want the freedom that you're asking for? Mm. Because it can be uh, kind of daunting if you aren't ready for it. Yeah. I think that's why that, like I said, Neptune and Pisces calling for creating your safe harbor place. That if you're putting energy, thought, intention, vision, work towards that, then, right, you'll be able to deal with, right, if it is that what we would say Babylon is falling, A, you'd be able to deal with it because you're able to get your food, clothing, and shelter without buying it, you know? Hmm. Yeah, but also, too, alternate means of exchange would be something I would encourage. We said non-electronic Aquarian means of exchange. So when we say non-electronic, like nothing with Cash App or PayPal, phone, things like that, you know, non-electronic, but Aquarian. So it's socially cutting edge. You have some means of exchange. So like we have a community center here in Philly where sister got a our bank where you can exchange your time and your services like money, you know, and they got a farm there about to get some hydroponics jumping off. So very socially far ahead thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm feeling like I need to find some farmers that want to barter for a plus membership to my podcast. I'll mail them CDs if I got to. There you go. Or even right. Give them a platform to promote within your community. You know what I'm saying? We got to think collectively. Mm -hmm. That's how you really activate that Jupiter in seventh house and really seeing how important we are to one another, you know? So we want to think along those lines too. Okay. Non-electronic Aquarian means of exchange. Okay. Now you mentioned the right, of course, I'm the crystal guy. Hey, I think crystals would be a great form of currency. Hmm. Alternate currency in the future, you know? Yeah, it's reminiscent of how our ancestors used shells, the cowrie shell in Africa, the wampum shell in the Americas, where we assign a certain value to the quality and the character of the stone, and then that is your hard currency. (laughs) That's something I advocate. And I don't mind being the bank. I don't mind being <laughs> J.P. Morgan. I'll be wise and just in the valuation, you know. I'll make it win-win. <laughs> just being silly. But, no, nah, I mean, that's how we got to be thinking, I feel, you know. Alternate means of exchange. Getting off-grid. Building community along those lines, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And of course, one of our main topics is going to be crystals and sacred stones that mitigate 5G radiation when we get there. But what about viruses or even just stress and panic, things that maybe are a little more vague or crystals that would work with the elements that we're seeing at play right now? I mean, as a natural mystic and wellness provider, whether or not the virus is real, the effects on society definitely are. Are there... uh, any members of Mineral Nation or other sources that you think would apply to the situation right now, even beyond 5G? Are there crystals or sacred stones that would help in this situation? Well, it's my understanding. Viruses in and of themselves are not like a living organism, right? They're like a dormant packet of information that if it gets in your body, it'll then insert that information into your genetic code and kind of take over your cell reproduction. So that means integrity of DNA is very important. And the stone that I associate with that is the elestial quartz. And that's quartz that has etchings and coatings and basically quartz that's encoded with information. You know, your listeners can Google elestial quartz. Very distinctive form of the mineral kingdom, you know, of the quartz family. They come in a range of colors, smoky, citrine, amethyst, sometimes even clear. But I feel like the celestial quartz is what keeps our DNA impervious to corruption. Mm. I think hydration is my understanding being properly hydrated is also very important to keeping immune response strong, particularly dry mouth, that the delivery of a virus of this nature depends on a dry mouth and being able to get into your lungs, you know, where if your mouth is moist, has less chance of you inhaling it. Hmm. You know, like simple things that I've heard. And when I say inhaling it, inhaling it into your lungs, let's say like you're exposed to it, but your mouth is wet. It's my understanding if you swallow it, Your gut biome kind of takes care of it? Yeah, your your stomach acids and everything will knock it out, okay? The last thing you want to do is to get this thing in your lungs. That's my understanding. But I will say that they say it's best to kind of stay in your lane. You know, I have to say I'm not a virologist. (laughs) (laughs) And I haven't really studied this thing where I would feel comfortable speaking on it with authority. But I do know simple approaches tend to be the best. And that's why I mentioned those two, you know? Right. And virus aside, if we're talking about keeping a robust immune system active, I mean, that's advice that goes back a long, long time that really has nothing to do with any particular virus. It's just we all know we need to armor up 
And this is a time that that's more obvious than other times, but we should have been doing this a long time ago. I've had many guests over 10 years talk about the importance of controlling your food supply, Mm. the importance of getting good sunlight and having premium quality water. Water is just such a key thing that we take for granted, getting it piped into our house through these shitty old lead pipes and you know, these water treatment facilities putting in all kinds of stuff to try to counteract all the other stuff we've flushed into the system, like pharmaceutical drugs. And it is a mess, but we know armoring up our immune system is important. And it really has nothing to do with needing to study a particular virus that may or may not have just hit the scene. It's just so difficult to even talk about when the system has lied to us so many times. Yeah. That it's like the boy who cried wolf. Is this a real virus? And are you really trying to to do anything to help? Or or can we not trust you? Right. You know, has the CDC completely lost all credibility? Right. It was actually Dick Gregory, a really great, I'm sure you know, African American comedian and social commentator, who said a really hard hitting truth that I've always liked, which is it is the luxury of a European straight white man to have faith in this system, Mm. in this government. And I throw in those other qualifiers of man and straight because any community that isn't that majority has been marginalized in some sense and should be skeptical of this very system because of the things that's done in the past. Hmm. You're absolutely right. But I wouldn't take it for granted. No. You know? Yeah, I would definitely err on the side of caution. But right at the same time, I do see it on a lot of levels like 911, mm-hmm. where it is an op- government is using this as an opportunity to ask the collective to voluntarily give up personal freedom and personal mobility, you know? where they really are talking about this being a new normal of having bio checkpoints throughout, like, come on, you know, mm-hmm. and homeschooling and social distancing. That's what I say. And I think this is tied in with 5G in terms of just creating a 5G society where we are socially distanced in the house scared to interact true are we going to allow the fear to drive us there that's extreme that i don't advocate (laughs) you know true yeah true yeah i don't advocate that so the happy medium how do we get it how do we get it and have productive emotions through it all uh (laughs) <laughs> you know, 2020, we ready for it, you know? Yeah. And on the subject of 5G, I know that we aren't scientists and you maybe haven't studied this to a serious depth, but there are researchers out there that are making the case that Wuhan deployed their 5G network with the 60 gigahertz range of signals, one of the ranges that seems to cause the most damage in October just two months before this all kicked off. And they have just a lot of pollution as well. Mm. And just immune suppressant type of landscape. 
And uh, according to John Rappaport, for example, when 5G employs a frequency band of 60 gigahertz, disruption in oxygen molecules occurs and the crucial ability of hemoglobin to pick up oxygen and transport it through the body is seriously impaired. Basically, that two months of exposure to this frequency can cause lung problems and mimic the symptoms of pneumonia. And maybe we don't know a lot about the virus, but you have researched 5G a lot. Does this kind of effect ring true to you or, or are there connections being made that maybe aren't really there? No, he's spot on with that. Okay, he is spot on. Okay, so the thing with 5G, it's proposed to broadcast through the gigahertz spectrum, one through 95 gigahertz. Why that is concerning is because that's basically the broadcast spectrum of water. Water absorbs electromagnetic energy in a broad range from 1 to 100 gigahertz. And of course, it depends on the temperature and phase the water it's in. You know, is it a solid liquid gas? If it's in its liquid state, is it cold? Is it hot? All of those variables will change the rate that water will absorb electromagnetic radiation, but that entire spectrum is about 1 to 100 gigahertz. And 5G is broadcasting from 1 to 95, hmm. you know? So, right, in around the 60 gigahertz range, that is the spectrum that cells uptake oxygen from the blood into the actual cell. That's the frequency range. So yeah, what I have heard is that that frequency range will cause inflammation and scarring of the lungs, you know? Because that is the place where oxygen uptake occurs. I've heard that information I would affirm that. Another range that we have to be concerned about is the two gigahertz range, the range that, you know, we've already been kind of exposed to at 4G. Two gigahertz is the spectrum that water at about 98 degrees will absorb electromagnetic radiation. And, you know, we're 70% water, average, not what they say, 98.6 degrees, right? Yeah. So that two gigahertz spectrum is, you know, it's not good for us. We definitely need to be mindful of the 60 gigahertz spectrum, the two gigahertz. And there's probably going to be a couple of others in there that like, oh, this spectrum really impacts joint health and this spectrum really impacts circulation and as we get more and more into this 5g reality we will have to be mindful of like the specific spectrums that we are being exposed to in a given city you know 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great points. And I interviewed a doctor not long ago who talked about the psychological aspects that we've already been dealing with for a long time where we're scared of the outside world and we feel safe inside. And he talked about how that's a complete flip on what's good for our health. It's not actually good to stay inside in a hermetically sealed apartment or house. You want your windows open. You want the environment to kind of come in and out of your house. He talked about the your pets being actually good for your gut biome and your bacteria because they go out in the dirt and they come back in and hop on your couch because we don't do that anymore. We don't toil in the dirt like maybe we were supposed to. And there's a symbiotic relationship with the soil and our gut bacteria. And I can only assume that that's amplified by things like Wi-Fi and the smart devices we already have in our homes. You're going to see people self-quarantine and then start to get sick, get flu-like symptoms, and then think, oh, well, I must have been exposed to that virus out there. And it's like, I don't know, man. Maybe it's because you're sitting under artificial light Mm. with no sunlight and you're drinking bad water and you're sitting next to your Wi-Fi router in this EMF hotbox that you already have. It's tough to say because we can't see these things. Yes. You're right, man. You're right. And affirming that, it's interesting how they don't really detail the symptoms in reporting of it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of open-ended. This was brought to my attention, and I am observing it, where it's like it's an open-ended definition of what you're going to experience if you are exposed to this thing or not. and Yeah, that leaves room for you to create the symptoms based on poor nutrition, not getting out, feeding into the fear. Exactly, you know? Mm -hmm. And what's really being tested? Because I've heard many examples in the medical space. One big one is prostate cancer, where they developed a test for a specific chemical that's in your body or something your prostate produces. And if the number count of that is low, they say, oh, well, you have prostate cancer. And actually, it turns out that that's something that just fluctuates. So a lot of people are having unnecessary surgeries because of that. There's a book called The Great Prostate Hoax, which is great on breaking that down. But it makes me wonder about these tests. Are these tests really for coronavirus, or are they just for a low immune system? Are they just for a fever in some cases where people are just running with that? And we are in a typical flu season. This virus has nothing to do with the common cold that is still out there. Just because you might be sick in a window of weather change, which is common, it doesn't mean you have this particular thing. And I worry about those tests and what are they really measuring? And how many people are being over-diagnosed, perhaps? Hmm. And I think all those are valid concerns. Yeah, for sure. But, again, we have to find that balance where is what is informing us help us have productive emotions about this time that we're in. 
and not feed into the fear. True. And I think that's really the biggest message I could bring today. The clarity on are they crying wolf or not? Uh, I wish I knew. I know I am going to follow the basic wise mind of Yemen. I am fortifying. I got my echinacea. I'm drinking my red clover. I'm drinking my red raspberry. I'm drinking the elderberry. Yeah, I'm, you know, getting the reds, those reds and purple herbs. You know, they tend to really help with the immune response. Hyssop, which is a purple flower, you know, I'm definitely drinking a lot of those things. I'm being mindful. I'm eating what they would say alkaline as much as possible, you know, avoiding those mucus producing things because viruses can be carried throughout the body. In our mucus, which is basically the acid state of our body. Mm -hmm. Different from the water in our body, of course. Exactly. So we want to minimize those things. That's how we keep our immune response as strong as possible. Definitely stay iron rich. Keep your goji berries in rotation. That's going to make sure you're iron rich. Spring is coming, so it's always good to detoxify your liver. Come the equinox season, it's come early. It's like 60-something degrees today. It's going to be 80 on Friday. Spring has definitely come early to the Northeast. But I would still say uh, around that equinox season, we want to start a liver cleanse. And that's just wise protocol for any season, you know, keep yourself fortified. True. And uh, another thing I pulled out of the 5G wellness book was pyrite, which you say is iron sulfite. And sulfur is a key component in melanin. It promotes radiant skin and lush hair, essential for heat regulation and toxin elimination of the body, as well as cellular immune response to viruses. At least that's in the pyrite packet of information. So maybe throw a little pyrite on that desk. That's right. And sulfur-rich foods, when we deal with the elements, we deal them within and without. So sulfur-rich foods, you know, your onion, your garlic, your peppers, hot pepper, anything that's going to give you a heat sensation more than likely is sulfur-rich. And so you want to have a sulfur-rich diet, right? That sulfur-rich eating program right through here, you know? I don't like that. I want to die, eat, you know? Mm. Yeah, man. So. Definitely. Now, do you want to talk about some crystals in 5G? Yeah. 5G, well, the actual book title is 5G Wellness 101. The 101, people been leaving out. You know, they say 5G Wellness, but <laughs> it's 5G Wellness 101, meaning this is a beginner's book. To be honest, Greg, I didn't write this book for you, man. <laughs> I wrote it for 
Aunt Nancy and Uncle Gerald, you know, who like when you go visit them, they'd be like, hey, Greg, you still into that conspiracy stuff? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah, you need to be like, yo, oh, I see you got a 5G Wi-Fi in your home. Yeah, you need some information about this. I wrote this for them. Meaning it's uh, simple. I put forth great effort not to talk deep. If people are familiar with my other works, you know, it's like, man, it's definitely not as deep as like Rocks of Ages or Great Mystery Philadelphia. And I even speak in the first person, like I'm talking to you personally to do my best to kind of keep it simple, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But we do try to give what I think is the most important information we need to be well in this 5G reality. Okay? And starting with what I would call the specs of the human body. Because when we get our gadgets, right, you get your laptop, you can say, oh, the gigahertz processor is da-da-da-da-da, and My memory is such and such, and this one needs a ground because I got the three-prong outlet for it. You know the specs of your devices, but what are our specs? What's the specs of the human body? And I think that's important. And one of the main reasons why there is even a debate today on is the extra electromagnetic radiation we're living with in our environment Is it potentially hazardous? There's that debate, yes or no. Like Some people are saying, yeah, there's still a lot of room for debate, right? The reason is because we don't know our specs. If we knew our specs, we could say, well, you know what? The polarity of the human body may be adversely impacted. The human body may need grounding after exposure to radiation of this polarity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's what we try to do. And essentially, we are a magnetically polarized energy system. Energy can either be of two poles, electro or magnetic. We're a magnetically charged energy system. Our resonance is basically 8 hertz, technically 7.8, but we'll just round it off simple, 8 hertz, also known as the Schumann resonance, right? And just like most machines or energy devices, energy systems that generate magnetic fields, We will accumulate a static electric charge that needs to be grounded occasionally or else it might disrupt the processes within our energy system. Those are the three basic specs or specifications we really need to know about the human body, you know? Yeah. In the book, you use the term biocrystalline system animated by magnetic life force. And uh, that's uh, definitely an interesting way to put it, but we don't pay much attention to 
these qualities, these unseen aspects of the human body at all. And some of them are seen, but it's just the language we use makes them seem different than the way you're putting it right there. Yes. And the importance of that magnetic polarity, because that magnetic force, that is our force field, our energy shield, you know? And we use the example of the earth within the solar system to kind of illustrate that where you know earth has a biosphere that we're in right but this biosphere would not exist if there was not a magnetosphere a magnetic aura that envelops the earth about 60 miles up that shields the atmosphere and the surface from deadly radiation. Without that magnetosphere, we would be exposed to all kind of gamma rays, x-rays, ultraviolet radiation that would wipe us out pretty quick. So the same analogy could be made with the human body, that our cells, our organs, that's like our biosphere. Surrounding it, we have a magnetosphere. We call it our aura, right? But it's like our microcosmic magnetosphere, if you want to use that analogy of the Earth. And so if our magnetic aura, our magnetic energy field is strong and vitalized, we'll have greater resilience in a 5G reality, you know? But if it's devitalized, yeah, we're going to get jacked up, you know? (laughs) Because the radiation coming off of those telecommunication antenna, they're of an electrified polarity. Regardless of the spectrum they're broadcasting, megahertz, gigahertz, it doesn't matter. What they're broadcasting is not a magnetic energy field. It's electrified energy fields. And simple physics when energy fields of opposing polarities interact what happens they cancel one another mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if i know my polarity is magnetic and i'm being bombarded by electrified energy i have to know that it's canceling out my magnetic field which is my life force energy Our life force energy is magnetically polarized. So that is a big thing. We are being devitalized when we're exposed to electrified EMFs. Right. Now, in terms of frequency, there's a lot of different frequencies happening within the human body. Our heart operates at one frequency, our liver operates at another frequency, our brain operates at a frequency, you know, we breathe at a certain pace. All these things are operating in their own frequency, right? But we also have what's called a cohesive frequency, a frequency that holds everything together. That if that frequency is happening and occurring within our body, we're going to feel well. Our organs are going to be able to work as systems. 
our cells are going to be able to kind of communicate with one another in oneness, okay? That frequency is 7.8, rounded off to 8 hertz, 8 cycles per second. It's a very, actually a low frequency in terms of number. It's not in the megahertz or gigahertz range. It's literally 8 cycles per second. That is the cohesive frequency. Enough research has been done on this frequency spectrum. It's called the Schumann resonance. Quartz crystal resonates at this frequency. The Earth as a whole resonates at this frequency. Earth's magnetosphere and ionosphere. Well, I even have to qualify that. Because it is my understanding that around 2018, the Earth's resonance shifted. It doubled, actually, from 8 to 15 hertz. Have you heard this? I have. It's just one of those things I can't really verify or quantify, although I I have heard people talking about that. Yeah, I've heard it. I want to say I did see some measure-based information affirming that so that's interesting i really am still kind of wondering like what do i make of that me myself though i'm still sticking with the eight hertz right now i got a young brother that i work with here in philly occasionally he's One of these young brothers that is tuned into spiritual technologies, crystals, he gets downloads and, you know, works his thing. He's working the 15 hertz. And when I asked him why, he was like, well, it's the frequency of the earth and I want to be connected to the earth right now. So I found that interesting and still open to that. Yeah, maybe it's an aspect of the quickening. Absolutely. But for me right now, what I will say, what I'm working with as the cohesive frequency, that if I promote this frequency within myself, I feel well, it's eight hertz, you know? Mm -hmm. And there are several ways to increase that eight hertz frequency within yourself. One of the best ways is to use magnets commercial magnets because magnetism tends to be eight hertz and also to actually ground yourself and sit on earth actual earth you know shoes off coccyx touching the ground for a nice duration 40 minutes to an hour two good ways to reestablish that cohesive frequency Makes sense. Yes. Now, in terms of the 5G reality, I will mention a couple of crystals, a couple of families of crystals that I think it's a one-on-one. It's just to get you started, you know, Mm -hmm. related to those specs we were talking about. So in terms of keeping that magnetic polarity, keep yourself magnetized, right? We want to work with the iron family the iron family of crystals. So if the crystal got iron, is iron rich? 
more than likely is going to help magnetize your energy system. So you got hematite, which is iron oxide. You got pyrite, iron sulfide. You already had mentioned the pyrite. You got iron silicates, and there's a whole bunch of them from garnet. To be honest, amethyst and citrine technically are iron silicates, you know? Quartz with iron in it. The iron's oxidized. It'll appear gold, and that's citrine. If it's unoxidized, it'll be purple, and that's amethyst. And silicates are a secondary family that are good for magnetizing. So your silicate family is wide-ranging. Quartz is the most common and the one I can't go wrong. Quartz is also ideal, too, because that's your frequency setter. Remember we said our ideal, that cohesive frequency, 8 hertz. Quartz is ideal at keeping us resonating at that 8 hertz, that cohesive frequency. Then there's another family called the feldspar family, which are your carbon silicates. So carbon traditionally is a industry. It's used as a filter. You know what I mean? Like if you have toxic or water that needs to be purified, one of the simplest ways is just run it through some charcoal. The charcoal is going to absorb the unwanted. Just let the pure water flow through. Mm -hmm. Because carbon is like a binder. Silica is of all of your minerals, all your elements, silica would be like the energy element. That's why quartz is really the foundation of most modern technology. Just because quartz, silica's amazing ability to work with energy. Your carbon silicates are your energy filters. So they might not shield or block the energy. They might not get your resonance or your frequency straight, but they are going to filter the energy coming into you, you know? Let good energy in, block energy of an electrified polarity. Just let the magnetic charge in, okay? So carbon silicates include spectrolite, which is more commonly known as labradorite. Numite, that's my personal favorite. I love Numite. I think Numite right now is your power stone. It comes out of Numa, Iceland. I love it right now. Amazonite, which has kind of a dual action. It's a energy filter, but Amazonite also has like micro crystalline deposits of lead. And we know lead in industry absorbs unwanted radiation. So Amazonite is another powerhouse right now for the 5G protection. And the last is Moonstone. Okay. So these are the carbon silicates that I'm advocating we really work with. Okay. Kind of related to it is the Shungite. 
which is, it's not a carbon silicate, it's just pure carbon, but it's carbon that has a molecular formation such that it acts like an energy filter. And they say shungite does to air what charcoal does to water. Hmm. Shungite is pretty amazing. It's a conductive form of carbon, whereas most carbon in nature is insulative, like plastic, rubber, wood, things that don't conduct an electric current. Charcoal definitely doesn't conduct an electric current, but shungite does. And then shungite actually doesn't even offer resistance to energy moving through it. It's a room temperature superconductor. That's pretty amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So shungite is another good energy filter to work with, you know, in this time. And yeah, that's some 101s, some things, <laughs> you know? I like it. And of course, if we're wrapping this thing up, we got to leave people with your website, rossben.com. Any other wise parting words for these troubled times you want to leave people with? I feel like our intuition, like we know what it is, okay? there's anything I would say for the people to do is to listen and follow your intuition. And if that means you have to turn off media of all forms, an extra hour or two, because hopefully you're already giving yourself some quiet time. If you need to turn off media extra hour or two to really get in tune with your inner knowing, do that because I think the ultimate answers we all are looking for in this time is going to come from within. It's not going to come from without. And when you get the inspired thought, though, you got to act on it. Don't let it just come in one ear and out the other. When you get the inspired thought, when you get the download. When you get the vision, act on it. That's what I would say. Wise words. Work on that informed intuition and don't forget to act when it does pop up. Pretty simple. That's me, man. Keep it simple. <laughs> Keep it simple and let's fly under the radar, you know, to our destination. Yes. Yeah, man. That is another big key word I've been rolling with. Just personally, you know, we do want to fly under the radar in this season. Don't magnetize unnecessary attention to yourself. <laughs> I'm a little bit too deep in it now for that advice, but for the rest of the I listeners. I guess I am too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as best as we can, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We're out here, but hey, yes, great advice for people for sure. Cheers to that. And uh, it was just a blast hanging out with you again, man. I appreciate everything you do. Keep fighting the good fight. Much love to you and the TAC community. And yeah, we're going to get through this. We're going to be on the other side. Yes, I give thanks. The power of Ross Ben compels you. <laughs> wow. Hell of a guy. 
I did feel a bit bad twisting the topic away from his book and expertise and into the current coronavirus scare, but the situation is changing every day, and I feel less bad now because now it's even more of an unavoidable topic. His book on 5G wellness is brief, but it tells you what you need to know. Even our editor said that he was going to try to go to the gem store before this shit really hit the fan. (laughs) Godspeed, editor. And maybe the topic of 5G is more related to coronavirus than we know. I don't want to necessarily promote that idea like I'm sure of it, but there are some interesting coincidences regarding it. And I just can't get over this idea of a government having an invisible weapon that you can target at groups or cities and then blame an invisible virus. I don't know if that's happening this time, but the potential is there. And we've been talking about that potential for a while now. And this is our first crazy quarantine situation. Will it be our last? I don't know. I also know a lot of people out there probably think crystals are maybe a little silly. But sometimes I need to hear about these things from a guy like Ross Ben so that I start thinking, oh shit, maybe I do need to up my crystal game. Rocks of Ages is certainly a very deep book, and maybe these are subtle energies, but I'm saying all hands on deck right now. And here's a little funny coincidence. I wear the same Organite pendant every day. I really only take it off for a shower on the rare occasion that that occurs. But it's made from a listener, and it's definitely more black, but it does have blue in it. I don't think it's a stretch to call it blue. Well, in 5G Wellness 101, our man talks about colors and the effects of wearing them excessively. And for me, I'm often cold. I wake up cold almost every day, and my special lady is like, hey, you need to get that checked out. I don't know how you can be cold. And of course, I am dead inside, but that's neither here nor there. But the other day, for whatever reason, I didn't have it on. I went to bed. I woke up, and I wasn't cold. And then later in that afternoon, I read in Ross Ben's book that wearing excessive blue stones will cause one to be chronically cold. And that's interesting to me because I read about that effect after I experienced it and not the other way around. But what is time anyway? And I do think his knowledge is impressive and his passion is contagious. And he said several insightful things that are quite applicable for these quarantine times. What I've been mulling over most is his comment about feeling as if we want to fly under the radar right now. It was unexpected, but it rings quite true. I've never been worried about deplatforming on social media or YouTube. Sure, it's harder to promote the show, but I have faith that people would share harder if I was actually removed from anything. And I also think we're past skimming new listeners here and there from Twitter anyway. But when we're all told to stay home, and I can't have face-to-face real-world interactions because my friends are trying to be better safe than sorry, and then it's one in the morning and I'm probably a little too high, I start to feel very claustrophobic. We're being conditioned to think face-to-face contact is just too risky. Let the computers be the middleman. Don't go to your buddy's house. Just FaceTime him. 
And now that we're at this new level where the computers are essential for communication, the idea of deplatforming feels like it has higher stakes for someone like me. You have to stay inside. You're cut off from communicating. It's just something that has started to feel way more real in the past few days. And yes, Ross Ben, I definitely want to stay under the radar. I feel the same way when it comes to the testing. These coronavirus tests, apparently they have less than 50% accuracy. And what are we all going to end up doing? Sending our mouth swabs into the CDC with our name, social security number, and address? 23andMe on steroids? And that's not even as bad as a mandatory vaccine. When they check your ID at the bar, are they going to be making sure you're 21 and that you have the coronavirus vaccine stamp in the corner before you can socialize in a big group? It's important to assess where we are, but it's also important to look a few steps down the road and see where we're going. I just want to avoid it all, and I'm sure many of you feel the same. I've tried to mention here and there that we're going to have shows that were recorded before the big quarantine and some that are after. And the tonality is going to seem a little weird. I mean, this is all quite wild, right? It's like if I had three or four shows recorded before 9-11... And then I'm thinking, well, when should those shows come out? It's weird to have a two-hour interview where we don't mention this big event that everyone is now focused on, and everyone's in this kind of stressed-out, somber place, and we have these kind of jokey, laughing, having a good time conversations about aliens. It feels weird. But I think we're all able to understand and see how that can happen. But I'm oscillating between wanting to get you some relevant content for your immediate concerns and not hanging on to those other interviews too, too long. So we're going to pepper them in, and it's just going to be pretty obvious based on my intro and the first question if this had gone into the red yet or not. Sorry, it's a little weird, but I was just blowing all this off until I couldn't because it is an unprecedented place to be. There were people panicking about stuff like Zika, swine flu, bird flu, West Nile, and all the rest of it, even Y2K. So I'd rather stay calm as long as possible because the numbers would be on my side. There's usually too much panic in these situations. So it is what it is. I mentioned to you that I was stockpiling a few interviews because I am just one guy and I had some things to do the second part of the month. I had a friend bringing his family out to visit California for the first time. Today, Saturday the 21st, was supposed to be my birthday party. We were going to have some people over, get barbecue catered, and have a good old time. And obviously, that trip is canceled, my birthday is canceled, and I have a little extra time to scramble to get you some relevant shows for this particular quarantine time. But I am still staying relatively calm. As of now, I think we have 12,000 positive cases of the virus in this country and about 200 deaths. Are you aware of the harsh and very serious antiviral drugs that people are being treated with? Those drugs alone can kill you if you have problems like high blood pressure. So I'm concerned about getting a test because there are a lot of false positives, and if you get one, you can't really turn down treatment. You kind of lose control over your own body. So I would personally like to avoid tests and use food as medicine right now just to armor up my immune system and hopefully 
be ready for any general test I might get, but let me just read you a little something from John Rappaport regarding this. But he says, Many people who were diagnosed as coronavirus cases in Italy and then died were put on antiviral drugs. As you'll see below, a significant percentage of these people had prior heart conditions or high blood pressure, but at least one of the antiviral drugs, called Rebivirin, carries this very relevant warning from Cardiosmart.org. Rebivirin, or maybe it's Ribavirin, but this drug may decrease the number of red blood cells in your body. This is called anemia, and it can be life-threatening in people who have heart disease or circulation problems. High blood pressure is a circulatory problem. Understand? Get it? This is life-threatening. So how many coronavirus patients have been killed by the administering of ribavirin? Are people dying coincidentally with the virus or because of the virus? Is the virus a mere harmless passenger in the body, or is it the driving force? Bloomberg News has the story, 99% of those who died from coronavirus had other illnesses, Italy says. More than 99% of Italy's coronavirus fatalities were people who suffered from previous medical conditions. According to a study by the country's National Health Authority, more than 75% had high blood pressure, about 35% had diabetes, and a third suffered from heart disease. The average age of those who've died from the virus in Italy is 80 years old. As of March 17th, 17 people under 50 have died from the disease. All of Italy's victims under 40 have been males with serious existing medical conditions. So, I mean, that's interesting. When you take people with normal flu-like symptoms, give them a faulty test, and then pump them with high-risk treatments... I'm starting to see this whole thing take a very dark shape. You have the virus, they're treating you, and you die. How do they count that death? You know they say, well, we threw everything we had at it, but the virus got them. And think about the panic. Even in hospitals, the oldest and weakest people are going to get the most aggressive treatment because the doctors don't consider their treatment dangerous. And they're not thinking about that in panic mode. So this is where I think the deaths are coming from. Not a doctor, but I'm just skeptical of some of this data. I want to know how many coronavirus deaths we have from people who did not receive these harsh malaria and Ebola treatment drugs. Do we have that number? Because if we have about 200 deaths and over 10,000 cases, I would think at least 150 of those deaths got treatment, right? I mean, I'm being generous because even to be counted, it feels like they probably all did. But we will have more on this soon. I recorded a show with David Crow that is really exciting, in my opinion. It fell short of being a full two hours, and I also just don't think this is the time to withhold information related to a current crisis. So it's just going to get put out for free and full, probably without much of an edit, because I want it to come out quickly. And I always have this back and forth in my head. Maybe not on the alien episodes, but when it comes to health or something like this, I always think, oh, this is so valuable, I don't really want to deny people. But then on the other hand, this is my job, this is my business. I'm sure we all have customers of some sort that we would like to extend more of a hand to. But if you do that too much, you're not going to have an income. And I don't think $8 is a barrier that's too high for people who are interested.
There's really only a few reasons that content you absorb would be free. Number one, someone is just starting out, trying to build an audience, doing this on the side, or maybe just doesn't want to deal with building and maintaining a system like Plus. It is a lot of work. Of course, Patreon does that for you now, and clearly you can see how that model has grown. But number two, and most commonly, the content is just a vehicle for the ads, or worse, propaganda, because the state and the Gates Foundation are going to subsidize the stuff that they want you to hear. And this is not news to anyone, but this crackdown situation has made me realize how important these more private, truth-seeking communities are going to be, and I hope you value THC enough to keep the faith and stay with me, and I'm going to try to give you the best that I can as well. But there might be a time where it's difficult to get my free hour out there. And in that scenario, I hope you do become a Plus member. Either way, we're all going to get through this. And in fact, when you go out for a hike, the world seems kind of the same. But man, to come back to today's episode, for Ben to have said in October that the astrology looks like a global resource reset in January... I'm thinking that's pretty on the nose. I actually think the virus could be a cover for the economic stuff we're seeing, and I'm worried for all you guys when it comes to the longer aftermath. We had a joint session last night. I, of course, was good and trashed. I had my buddy Darrell with me, and it was hard to pay attention because I had real-world friends popping in and out to fuck with me because they're all bored and they're talking through FaceTime anyway. So, not my finest night. Sorry about that, but my private and public life were overlapping a little too much for me to really focus 100%, and it's all good fun, and I wanted to make sure that the joint session happened so we could hear how this is affecting the people out there. But almost everyone we talk to is either laid off, temporarily out of work, or their own personal business is hurting, and it's only been a few days. It's hard to do much planning now that we're in it, but I am mentally prepared for this to be longer than they're saying, and I hope to be pleasantly surprised when it's not. Also, I've always considered Ross Ben to be very connected to his higher self, to ancestral spirits, his subconscious mind, whatever you want to say about these people who have a deep spiritual and meditative practice who definitely show that they get insights from that, knowledge, and maybe even clairvoyance that the rest of us just aren't cultivating. He's a Western shaman, you know what I mean? I've thought he had that kind of air from the beginning, and it does show in his previous work, but I feel like we really saw the value of those practices and that cultivation on full display today. It's motivating. But of course, the first hour was dominated by the news cycle, and we didn't really get deep into his crystal knowledge or how it can really help with 5G until that second hour. I tried to split it up a bit more towards the free show because I wanted him to get at least some of that message out there. But if you're interested in going deeper, please sign up for THC Plus or get his book, 5G Wellness 101. Why not get some of those stones he recommends? So go to rossben.com for that. In this Plus show, we talked about Anansi, the spider god, and the magnetosphere, the depths of ancient indigenous knowledge, the power of crystals, minerals, and the energetic body, deep details on minerals and crystals that absorb, 
filter, and shield, positive and negative frequencies, the Elestrials. God, I was interested in the Elestrials. And meteorite insights and Moki marbles and the Moki marble politics. Stuff I hope you're intrigued by. <sighs> but with that, I really do love you guys. Just be careful out there. Be careful what Kool-Aid you drink, what you take into your mind and body. Be skeptical, but not so skeptical that you put yourself in harm's way or draw that unneeded attention in these troubled times. I'm going to get out of here. I've done my part. Your move, resource resetters, virus panic producers, and the much-needed members of Mineral Nation that can heed our call in the chaos. Your fucking move. Oh no, you see, the world isn't random, it's attached to puppet strings, control over everything. Nine to five is trying to steal ya Now don't that job seem silly Hello, can you hear me? Or should I play back recordings From some spike agency Wish we were younger and free I'll be thankful when it's all exposed The vast conspiracy such a difference between us and the dead time.